Okay, I'm glad you're here. Um, Yom Kippur is around the corner, and I, I want to um, just share a few thoughts with you guys just to kind of get our, 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 our minds, our hearts, our brains in, 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 in the right space, uh, just, just so that we can make the most out of this time. Um, I just want to begin um, with, with something you've probably heard me say, you know, dozens of times, but, but it will relate to, to, to what I want to say afterwards. So just to set the stage. So I, I once imagined a conversation between two fish. And one fish says to the other, do you believe in water? And the other fish says, you know, I don't know if I believe in water. My grandfather was very religious. He believed in water. Right? That, that's the end of the story. <laughs> so, so what's the joke? The joke is that you've got two like, very philosophical, you know, sophisticated fish kind of like contemplating the existence of water. Meaning, but on the other hand, the only thing that's going on is water, right? Like, that's it. That's all there is. And, 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 and that's all of us. Like, the only thing that exists is God. That's literally the only thing that exists. And, and, and here we are, you know, like great, great intellectuals, right? Wondering, do, do you believe in God? I don't know. Do you believe in God? It's like the greatest proof that there's a God is that there's an us. Because if there wasn't a God, there wouldn't be an us. <laughs> People think that we manufacture the existence of God through our belief in God. But nothing could be further from the truth. Because if there was no God, there would be no us. The fact that there is an us is proof that there is a God. So, so, so that's what it is. And this entire world is just an interface between us and God. Opportunities. God makes this, 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 this realm of material creation with, and fills it with like tons and tons and tons of things. And it's just there for us to interface with God and to be able to find different ways to serve God. And of course, our, our, our roadmap through this material universe is, is the Torah and the mitzvahs themselves. Now, I'll tell you something which came to me actually oh, during Shabbos davening. Um, it was just a question, but, but I'm going to suggest an answer too. While I was davening the, the, the base medrash, Shabbos night, uh, in, in the base medrash of the, the Basham Tov in Mezhabush, um, here is my question, which is, you know, you've got this very nice unit called the year, and then you've got this cycle of, of the Torah, with the various Torah portions, right? Which we complete the cycle and we start it up. So here's my question, because this was, I was, that was the Shabbos, was the, the last Shabbos of the year, right before Rosh Hashanah. I wondered for the first time, how come the Torah doesn't end on the last Shabbos of the year? Like we should have the last Torah portion mm. on the last Shabbos of the year. That would be very, very nice. And yet the Torah extends and finishes up after the year itself ends. Why is that? I was like, wow. Mm. 
never thought about it before. So he, I thought about it, and you know, I'm sure you could come up with a lot of different answers. I'll tell you the answer that I came up with that, that finally kind of resonated with me, which is that, you see, time is a creation. By the way, I heard in the name of the, the Vilna Gon that when Hashem said the word breishis, which means in the beginning or out of beginnings, right? But the word beginning is already a time-based concept, a beginning that's, that's time-based. That God created time with the word breishis. So, so you see that time itself is a creation. But the Torah existed before the world was created. <laughs> so if the last Parsha of the year, if the Torah finished when the world, um, when, if, the, when, if the Torah finished when the year finished, then it would seem like the Torah is a subset of the world. Right? Because you've got time, which is this unit of a year, and then within that, the beginning and the finishing of the Torah. But the Torah goes before time was created. Right? The Torah is not limited by time. The Torah is eternity. And by the way, Rav Yitzhak Isaac Haver's definition of eternity is, we tend to think of eternity as it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. It lasts forever. But you know what he says? Something so much deeper. Eternity is a dimension above time. Right? So the Torah is beyond time. It's beyond time. Right? So that's, that's, that's where we're at. And, and, and the Zohar, of course, says that God and the Torah are one. Or sometimes people say that the Torah is the mind of God. Of course, God is, doesn't have any physicality, but it's just a way to wrap our mind around something, right? So, so and we're all, we're all part of that. We're all emanations within that. Um, okay. So, so the first thing that we have to understand, and, and this is one of the deeper concepts, Rabbi Avigdor Miller was really stressing this point, all of a shalom, that uh, what does it mean to make God king on Rosh Hashanah? And part of it is that each person has to make God king over themselves. Now, what does that mean exactly? That means understanding that there is no power other than God. Or I would even take it a step further, that a person should understand that I really don't, that I am not an island. I am an emanation. <laughs> Do you know the difference between an island and an emanation? An island thinks that it's a coherent, independent structure. Like, like uh, uh, this is me, and I get that this is your room, I'm standing in your room, I get that, but this is me. I am not your room. 
Like, just because I walked into your room, I am not an aspect of your room. I am me. Right? Okay, so that's good when you walk into a coffee shop. Right? Like, the owner of the coffee shop doesn't own you. That's good. But it falls apart when you talk about reality itself. Right? Remember, I always like to emphasize emphasize this. There is no word for religion in, in Torah. There's just reality. There's no religion. Religion, like when you think about it, is religion is like, oh, like it's extra credit. Like, you know, I'm a nice guy, and now, you know, I'm going to be an even nicer guy. I'm going to become a little religious, right? But that means that you're an island, and you're adding like a little nice hotel, like the Holiness Hotel, <laughs> onto, your, onto, your, onto your little island, which is great. But it's sort of like a, a, a weird form of narcissistic self-aggrandizement. Not only am I me, but I'm even greater form of me because I, in my magnanimity, believe in a power greater than me. Right? But it's really all under the subset of me. (laughs) If you follow what I'm saying. But then how about the idea of just disappearing into the oneness of God? (laughs) Because if you believe that all that exists is God. And by the way, the, the last words of the first paragraph of Elenu. By the way, that prayer Elenu is really, we say it at the end of every um, service in, 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 in Judaism, right? Like, like Elenu is like the big summation. That's like sort of like the big end credits, right? So if you want a kind of like overview of kind of like what we're going for, and it's sort of like a summary of, of our mission statement, just read Elenu carefully. And by the way, Elenu was so holy, they said it once a year. And then it's sort of like the Jewish people were like, encore, encore, encore. You know, they just kept on standing up and clapping until Elenu appeared at the end of every single service, every single day of the year. Right? That, that was like, you know, like backed by popular demand. That's Elenu, okay? So Elenu, that first paragraph, ends with the words, Ain ode. There is no nothing else. And so, like the Ari, right? I heard from Rabbi Beryl Wine, takes that really seriously. Ain ode, nothing else means literally nothing else exists in the world other than God. So then, what am I? You are part of that oneness, you're an emanation. Right? I'll give you another way of visualizing it. Imagine the ocean. Now you have an individual wave comes up. So that's like you. You're the wave. You're the wave. That's your soul. But your soul is just an aspect of the ocean. Right? So that way you've got individuality, but it's all within the oneness of God itself. That's us. So we have to get in touch with that. Now, I'll tell you why I'm emphasizing this. Because, um, you know, I was thinking about um, like a puzzle not so long ago. Like imagine you've got like most of the puzzle done and there's like one puzzle piece that's missing, right? And that puzzle piece is sitting off to the side. And you know, what is that puzzle piece thinking? 
like I'm an island. <laughs> but that puzzle piece isn't thinking deeply enough. <laughs> that puzzle piece is a wave within the ocean. It does have an aspect of individuality, and that individuality doesn't disappear. But it's not realizing itself unless it takes its place among all the other puzzle pieces and fit into that unique space that God himself carved out for it. So, so to all the puzzle pieces, join the puzzle. Right? It's like, be, become the wave within the ocean. You don't disappear. You don't disappear. But you get to come home and you get to realize the greater reality that's taking place in a more beautiful way. So the reason why, why I'm talking about all of this is really because we're, we're coming to Yom Kippur. And, um, and you have to understand when you've got this very sort of like exalted macro view of what's going on. And this is what's going on. Like I'm describing to you what's going on, okay? You understand that everything, everything, everything is all about a relationship. And that's really the key word. That's the key word of all of Judaism, right? And, and you know, you don't hear it so often, but that is the key word, is to be in that relationship. To, and because that, that relationship, when you imagine yourself becoming that puzzle piece fitting in, then all of a sudden you're simultaneously in a relationship with the greater unity. You're in a relationship with yourself because now you're balanced, because now part of you is the ocean, part of you is rising up from the ocean and becoming whatever you're meant to be, right? Hopefully rising higher and higher, right? how you're relating to the rest of the waves and the rest of the ocean, the community. It's all, it's all about that, that harmonic balance. And it's all done through this keyword called relationship. You know, there's, um, in the world today, there's a, a data explosion going on. Um, there's never been anything like it, not, not, not even anything close to like it. Remember when books were, had to be handwritten in scrolls, right? And now, now, now just think about today. Like it's, it's like, how many pictures are taken? How many blogs are up? How many things are online every single day? I mean, probably, I don't even know what the statistic is, but probably in, in a minute or five minutes today, I'm making up these numbers, but I, I, I would be surprised if I was that far off. In five minutes today, probably the amount of data that's put up worldwide on the internet probably equals all the books that have ever written in scrolls that have ever written in history. Like, it's, 
it's that exponentially evolved, okay? Um, in Judaism, there's so much information. There's so much information. And, and, and the art form, and it really takes, for most people, years. It must, for most people, it takes years to be able to get to this place where they start to see the forest from the trees, where they begin to see the broad outlines. Because there's so much information and so much sensory bombardment in terms of sort of like, kind of like walking, walking the path of Torah, that it's, it's, not, it's almost impossible to keep that overview. But I'm trying to give you the overview right now. And that overview is, is that there's more than a checklist going on right now. What's going on right now is, is understanding that nothing else exists other than God and that this is your most primary and important relationship and it's with the one who loves you the most. That's the headline. That's the headline. And, that, and here's the crazy thing. You think, people think, here, I'm going to give you... Um, I'm going to give you a mushal from the Dubna Magid, um, who is really an expert at giving people, you know, wonderful overviews through through little stories. So here's the story, and we're gonna we're gonna tie it into one of the big um, one of the big things that we read over Shabbos Shuvah, where, where Shabbos Shuvah actually gets its name from. But but we're gonna get to that. So the the story goes like this. Back in the day, people used to travel by um, big, uh, big, big, big steamships, and and one of the kind of like big jobs, you know, in, in, in those days was was being a porter, and you'd kind of hang out by the by the steamships, and and you'd you'd help people with their luggage, and and you know you'd get a tip of some sort. So so this person he sees like. This, this like giant pile of suitcases. And he's thinking, wow, whoever's traveling with that many suitcases must be a rich man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get all those suitcases. And he, he sees who he thinks is the rich man. I'm going to bring him to, the, to his house. And I'm going to get a big tip. So he's, he's lugging those, those suitcases. And the whole time he's going, he better give me a big tip. He better give me a big tip. And he's He's almost getting like a little bit angry along the way, you know? And finally, he knocks at the man's door and the, the rich man opens up the door and he sees the, 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 the giant pile of suitcases and he says, you know, he's confused. And the guy says, I brought you your, your suitcases. He goes, no, no, no. I just had a tiny bag of diamonds. Just a little light bag. That, that's all I traveled with. <laughs> and the the Dubna Magid says that that person lugging the suitcases, that's, that's all of us in this world. Like, so many people are like, treating God's mitzvahs like, I'm, I'm lugging your mitzvahs, God. I'm doing all this for you. You know? And you better give me a big tip. You better give me a big reward. And, and God, you know, after 120, God says, my, my mitzvahs are light. It's like a little bag of diamonds. Like, I don't know what you were carrying, but it, it, it wasn't my mitzvahs. So, 
So, so I want to use this to explain one of the big haftorahs. It's it's it it says, it says return, uh, shuva, you know Israel, ad Hashem elokecha. So return Jewish people until God until Hashem your Lord. So if you were to ask me what that meant, what does it mean? Return to God your God, right? I I would think well. I don't know what it means exactly. Return to God your God. I mean, I guess keep going up and don't stop going up. Like that that makes sense to me, right? So I heard in the name of, I think it was Reb Leibla Eger, something like so much deeper than that. He says, return ad means until, return ad Hashem Elokecha, until Hashem is your God. In other words, in other words, so many of us, we're putting, we're projecting so many things on what Hashem is, what we think Hashem is. So much of our anger and frustration and everything like that. And it's like we don't even, we've lost touch with who Hashem is. Hashem is the one who loves us the most. So it says return until you understand who God actually is. And make Hashem your God. Right? And instead of like toiling in confusion, So, so that's our job. That's our job. And, and to, to restore clarity, to restore clarity that, that all that exists is God. And we're an emanation of godliness. We're a piece in that divine puzzle, a, a wave in that exalted sea. And, and what we want to do is to be at peace and in this, the, the, the fullness of this relationship, Right? So, so one of the things, and I want to be very practical right now, one of the things that really blocks us in our, in our service is something I heard Rabbi uh, Gedaya Fenster refer to it this way in Uman. He taught a class that I, that I attended. He called it expectation davening. And, and I think that this is a, a very, very big idea, and I think that this is something that that really plagues um, many or most of us. Okay, so so this is going to get deep. This is going to get deep. So so just let's just focus. Okay. You have to understand something. As 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 Reb Shlomo says, this world is like a big hospital clinic. All of us are here to fix something, right? Judaism believes in reincarnation. We're all here because we have a soul fixing that we need to to get done. And that's really the baseline. That's the baseline of our of our of our time in this world. Okay. So that's imagine that's below and that's that's like really very important. Now above that, we have what I'll call our needs. You know, we we come into this world. And we need things. We need to eat. We need shelter. We need companionship. We, we need things. We need healing. We, we, we need all sorts of things. And, and, and that's not to be laughed at. Like, ah, oh, your needs. No, we, we have needs. Th- th- those, are real, those are real things. So, so now, 
all of a sudden, you have to understand, remember, this is a very, I, I don't really hear people talk about this so much. So, so you have to understand this model because you won't understand your life or what's going on in the, in the, in the world unless you understand this model. So just imagine, like, I'm raising my hand over here. You've got, like, your needs. But underneath your needs, in a, in a deep way, you've also got your soul fixing. Okay? And these two things are going on simultaneously. And a lot of people are, like, they're just thinking about their needs, but they don't understand that there's another thing going on, which is as or more important, and that's their soul fixing. Okay? So, so, so that's just something to keep in mind. So what's this expectation davening? So expectation davening is, God, um, I am davening for my needs. Right? And, and basically, I understand that is more or less what my relationship with you is, is that since you made the world and you can do anything, you are the one, you are the headquarters who can grant all of my needs. So God, I'm coming to you from, for my needs. And, and I am expecting you to meet my needs. And if you don't, what do I need you for? Right? I mean, sorry to say it like that, but let's be real. Okay, so this is really, let's call this island davening, right? <laughs> like what we were talking before. Like, like, remember what we were saying, like, are you an emanation or are you an island? If you're an island, then you have this illusion that you are this independent entity that is essentially giving life to God, right? As opposed to understand that the only thing that exists is God and you're just an emanation within God. But if you're this island, then it's sort of like, okay, God, I'm, I'm kind of rolling the dice here. I'm kind of just taking a chance that you're out there and I'm praying to you for my needs and that's our relationship. And if you meet them, we're good. If you don't meet them, I'm checking out. So that's... By the way, this is all my explanation of expectation, Davani. This is, this is just coming from me, just so you know. Um, it's dangerous. That's, that's a very dangerous relationship to be in. It's a very dangerous relationship to be in because it's, 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 it's based on falsehood. It's based on falsehood. Um, again, not that we don't have needs, not that God can't grant our needs, not that we shouldn't pray to God for our needs. All of the above, yes, yes, and more yes. But, here's the big, the giant but, we shouldn't make our relationship with God contingent on that alone. Because God has His own timetable. As God says, I believe it's through Yeshaya. One of the great hallmarks, if you want to get through this world in one piece, blazon these words on your mind and on your heart. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. God's got a vastly, vastly 
beyond system going on right now that we're grasping the only the smallest part of. Now, here's what I think one of the well, let me let me just add w- one more thing to that, okay? Then we'll get to another aspect of it. Maybe even a deeper aspect of it. If if you want to be more at peace with the idea that that God knows more, right? Because because we think we know more. Because we don't see God. Even though God envelops and saturates all of existence. We, we don't see it. We just know our situation. And so we think we have the better understanding, the fuller understanding. Now, the line that ends the um, psalm of the day, every day there's a certain psalm that you say at the end of the, the morning prayers, for Monday, is it says, referring to God... He will, he will guide us like children. Okay, so what, is, what does that mean, he will guide us like children? So I want to give you my own personal explanation of that, okay? So, so one of the things that, uh, that children think is that they know better than adults, <laughs> right? And, um, you know, I came up with a, a formula at, at one point in my life, which is that intelligence plus experience equals wisdom. Intelligence plus experience equals wisdom. What, what does that mean? You see, we don't want intelligence. <laughs> we want wisdom. Wisdom is intelligence fi- filtered through experience. Okay, so let me give you an example of that. So imagine a little kid eats a candy bar, loves the candy bar, and says to his, his parent, this candy bar was so good, can I have 30 more? I want to eat 30 more of them right now. And the parent says to the kid, no, that's going to give you a stomachache. And the kid says, excuse me. <laughs> it's a, I'll, I'll step you through it. It's really, it's not very complicated. Dad. This candy bar was excellent. <laughs> 30 candy bars would be 30 times excellent. <laughs> it's really, it's very straightforward. Where did I lose you exactly? You know? And the parent is like, you don't understand. And the kid is like, no, you don't understand. It's like, this is clear as day to me. So what does it mean when it says, God says, I will guide you like children? We're that child with the candy bar. <laughs> we have like all of our thoughts and all of our needs, and we're like, you know, whether we say these words or not, God, it couldn't be clear. <laughs> it could not be clear. What, what, what part aren't you getting, God? Right? And meanwhile, God, like a loving parent, is patient with us. Okay? So, so that's, 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 a, that's another way of saying my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts, right? But God lovingly guides, guides us like children. Okay. I want to get to another place, another aspect of this, this concept of expectation, Davini. Um, and 
And it goes like this. You see, if a person is sincere, oftentimes we're going to think the following. I have this need. I'm praying hard for this need. This need is not being met. God, why do you hate me? Why have you rejected me? Why? And this is tough. This is, this is tough. Now, now, I want to go into this idea. You see, Judaism is not a simple path. Torah is not a simple path. Torah is a very, very sophisticated, multifaceted path. As, as, as it should be, because it's divine. Okay? Now, I want to give you one side of it, but I'm going to talk about the other side of it in a moment. One side of it is from the Rambam. And what the Rambam says is, is that if a person's life is not going in the way they want it to be going, right? In other words, if, you're, if your situation is going south, as they say, right? That a person has to investigate their own deeds. And the Rambam uses a very amazing word, which is axorius, which means cruelty. And he says that a person is actually being cruel to themselves if they don't investigate their activities to see what they might be doing might be causing this to be happening in their life. Okay, that's the one side. And whether we knew that from the Rambam or not, intuitively we all understand that and we all go to that place. Okay? Or maybe we just go to the place of feeling rejected, whatever it is. But I want to say something else. This is a new idea now. And I heard this from Rabbi Orlovsky years ago, and I heard this one Torah, and I gave talks on this one thought that I'm about to share with you for about three years. This one thought, okay? And it's the following. And it's the other side of the Rambam that I just told you. It's the other side of this, okay? When Hashem told Avraham Avinu to go to Israel, Lech Lecha, the famous words Lech Lecha, right? And Avraham uprooted his entire community and he traveled to Israel. And by the way, God told him, didn't tell him where he was going. Can you imagine you're going on this long journey through the wilderness and you don't even know where you're going? You know what a test that was? God says, I'll tell you when you get there. Giant. Avraham gets to Israel. And you imagine, and this is one of the ten tests, ten tests of Avraham, by the way. You imagine he does this thing and he, he totally like scored like, and not, there isn't a single commentator that says that Avraham did anything wrong. He gets to Israel and you know what greets, it, it greets him there? A famine. And you go, and, and, and what we learn from this is something enormous, which is that, you know what? It could be, it could be that there are things going wrong in our life because I haven't got this together, I haven't got that together. By the way, there's another category too. It's a famous joke, you've all heard it, which is someone goes up to heaven at the end of 120 and says, um, and finds out 
that he was supposed to win the lottery. And you're like, what? I never won the lottery. And the person says, you never bought a ticket. So there are things in our, our life, by the way, where it's because we're not making the effort. But it would go our way if we made the effort. That, that's, that's something else to know, right? Um, but anyway, getting back to Abraham, it's the idea that challenges will come our way in this lifetime no matter what. Because that is the nature of this world. This world, as we say all the time, it's not finished yet. And how do we get to the place of it being finished? Through facing obstacles and overcoming them. That generates light. We emanate light from our souls into this world. It reveals godliness in this world. And it brings the world to its completion. And the agency of that is facing obstacles and overcoming them. That's how it's done. That's how the redemption is transacted. That's how it's done. So in other words, people are going to get challenges no matter what. So, so if a person has an expectation and they're like, God, I'm just, I'm just, you're not, I have this expectation and you're not answering this, 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 this following thing. And now I think that you hate me and that you don't want me and that you've rejected me. But the person isn't understanding that the nature of this whole world is challenges. Because that's part of the relationship. That's part of what it means to be a wave in the ocean. That's part of what it means. But you know something? Let's go even deeper. I told you, I gave you a model. Put my hand above and a hand below. The hand above are our needs. The hand below is our soul fixing. God is in a dynamic relationship with us during all of our davening, no matter what. And whether we see the particular thing that we're praying for answered or not, there's a soul fixing going on at all times. And there is there are prayers heard at all times. And it's dynamic. Don't fall into the illusion. Don't fall into the trap of thinking that you're stuck. You're not stuck. The world isn't stuck. Everything is moving. Everything is moving. And then I want to go even deeper. And again, I want to get back to that key word, which is relationship. Okay, again, imagine just you're not an island. You're an emanation. You're part of the oneness of God. So to actually be tuned into the reality, the greater reality of what's going on is so awesome and so important. My father, Oliver Shalom, was a psychologist, practiced for 50 years. And Leib and Sviya Levi, and you know, he, he raised us with certain catchphrases that he would use in his therapy. And one of the catchphrases that he, that he raised us with was that in a real relationship, people don't count. 
right? That people don't count. Like, you know what? No, I called you last time. No, 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 no. Now it's your turn to call me. That, that's what I'm talking about, counting. In a real relationship, people don't count. Meaning to say, we're in this for all of eternity. <laughs> this, is, this is it, guys. This is it. Right now we're in bodies. After 120, we're not going to be in bodies. But it's going to be some version of this. Totally different landscape. Different dimension. Of, but it's going to be this. It's going to be us and God still. It, this is it. This is it forever. We're in this relationship forever. It's forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Because God is never going to go away. And we're an aspect of God. So in a real relationship, in a real relationship, you don't count. You know why? Because whatever you do for God, you're going to get it back. You're going to get it back ten times, a hundred times, a thousand times. A million times. I'll tell you something awesome, and maybe we'll just end with this. I heard from Rabbi Re'edi in Uman. Just a fantastic thought. Fantastic, fantastic. You know, in English we have the word life. Life is singular. He went through it, and in Torah we have the word chayim. Chaim is plural. Isn't that interesting? Or by Sarah, we say Chaye Sarah, which means the lives of Sarah. You know why life is plural in Torah? Because you have this world and the next. <laughs> life is one unit. It's not like Okay, it's a la carte. <laughs> or maybe, what's today's special? Is it Olamaba? Mm, no, sorry. I mean, we had it, but we only had a certain number, and, you know, it's 10 o'clock, the kitchen's closing. No, it's, it's, it's one unit. Chaim. It's this world and the next. It's one unit. You know what that means? That means that you're in a relationship forever. And that's why, again, getting back to this phrase, expectation davening. Right? It, it doesn't make any sense. It's not... Right? Like, can you imagine you go to someone's, you go to a king's banquet table, right? You're sitting like, like to be seated at the table of the king, right? And, and like they serve like this salad, like the most awesome greens from like Gan Eden, right? Right? With this like 
incredible dressing. Like, you can't even believe it. Every bite is like Gan Eden. And you're like, where's the steak already? <laughs> it's like the king is serving the, <laughs> the opening course. I want dessert! <laughs> you're at the table of the king. There's an entree, it's coming. <laughs> There's dessert, it's coming. Right now it's the appetizer. So this is this is what it means. So so let's all of us understand that we're in the most amazing relationship we could ever hope for. We could ever, 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 ever dream of ever hope for. Right? Like you want to marry like a really rich guy. You want to marry a model. You're already married to the one who made the universe, (laughs) who loves you more than anyone, and who put an aspect of his soul into you. And it's forever. So let's settle in for the long haul. Let's settle in for the long haul. Let's treat this relationship like like the utmost central, most precious thing that it is because it's in, it's 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 a, it's our entire lives. And let's do everything that we can do to make this relationship the most beautiful and central thing about our entire lives. 